concept. Wouldn't it be great if we had a little peace, right? Uh, Peace can seem like a pipe dream in this life. Many people ask if there will ever be a time when uh, when the world will be at peace. There seems like there's always war and disagreement between nations, between regions, between political parties. There are there are problems in personal relationships, right? There's just there's that guy at work and it's just or, or or that neighbor down the street or or the bully on the bus. Or, uh, man, siblings can always get into it uh, pretty easily. Uh, or even between husband and wife. I mean, and of course, there's, there's the inner anxieties that we, we carry around with us and rob us of peace in our own minds and hearts. Things that, that keep us up at night, things that weigh us down, anxiety and depression can rob so many of inner peace. Peace seems to be a nice thing to talk about, but, I mean, it's usually where we put it. That's a nice thing to shoot for, but we're probably not going to get there. Well, if it's the, your, your first time here today or the first time in a while, we are actually wrapping up a series based on the teaching in a, in a little book in the New Testament called Philippians. Um, it's, a, it's a letter that a, that a missionary, Paul, wrote to a church that he started in a city called Philippi, and so the people that live there are Philippians, and so he wrote this letter. It's just four chapters long, and, um, and, and we, we've noticed that a big theme running through it, if you didn't figure it out by now, it's up there uh, uh, in front of, front of God and everybody, right? Joy. Joy is running through this, this entire letter. One major thing we've, we've realized from the start is that happiness and joy are two completely different things. Happiness comes from what's happening to me, um, and it, it comes and goes, but joy is something that actually comes from God, and, uh, and it can be something that settles in and, and is rooted, uh, rooted in God and rooted within us. So as we step into this final chapter of Philippians today, we're going to see that joy and peace go hand in hand. See, it's, it's hard to, to have peace and not worry if you're joyful, it's hard to be joyful if you're worried all the time, right? But Paul says we need to rejoice. He actually says it a few times. Uh, Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4, this is the word of the Lord. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I'm not sure that that uh, anyone is would, would actually say they are against <clears throat> against joy and peace. Uh, both of those things are very attractive, right? Christian or not, most people would say that they want to have joy and peace in their lives. They want to be around people who are joyful and peaceful. We, we don't usually like being around people who are argumentative or negative or always causing conflict. We usually distance ourselves from those people. Joy and peace are, are great things. I think we'd all say that. So if they're such great things, then, then I guess I have to wonder why, why they seem to be in such short supply. There's probably a a long list of answers to that question. Here are a few things, I think, that tend to rob us of our joy and peace, many of which are things that that we have power over. We could could control these things and uh, change them in our lives. One thing is noise. 
Um, many of us are not free from, from noise all day long. And I'm not just talking about, you know, maybe you work a job where there's a lot of uh, noise going on in the background. I mean, the alarm goes off. Usually we have music or something playing the morning news. You've got family and all the stuff with, uh, with family to deal with in the morning, maybe, um, Maybe you turn on the radio in the car, you listen to a podcast or whatever. Uh, maybe you've, you're listening to a book on Audible, and so you're always listening to that and learning and whatever. And, and at some point, maybe you're getting getting on YouTube and, and watching stuff, or you got your Spotify playlist going, and, and you're, you're you're working through. Every, maybe you're maybe you're TikTok, and I don't know. Is this a TikTok? Cra- Probably not a TikTok crowd. I don't know. Some of you, Rainer, you're on TikTok, right? Yeah, me neither. But uh, but but I think maybe both of us could go on TikTok. We might be TikTok famous sometime. That would be amazing. Um, just the abundance of noise can rob us of, uh, of joy and peace. And there's so much noise. And, and we have the power to, uh, to turn those, those things off. Another thing I think is information overload. We, we, uh, along with that noise comes so much more information than we ever really need. <clears throat> The news, the scores, the weather, uh, we, we read, maybe you read the paper, probably online if you do, uh, maybe you're watching 24-hour news channels, you're, you're getting the latest pop culture gossip, I, I don't know, but uh, you've got so much information at your fingertips. I, I heard one person talking and I resonated with it, said years ago, you know, you'd be watching a movie with your friend and um, a room full of people, whatever, and you'd see the guy, the, the actor, and somebody might say, oh, that's that's that one actor, um, uh, he, was, he was in that movie we saw a few weeks ago, right? And the, and the other guy might say, yeah, he, he was. What was that movie? Uh, I don't know. And then you just go back to watching the movie, right? Well, that never happens these days. Now, you ask that question, and within three minutes, you know, you know the guy's uh, first name, who he's been married to, and what he ate for breakfast that morning. I mean, you can look it up. You can, you've got all this information at your fingertips. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think... Maybe we're intended to know so much. All of the things that are at our fingertips, I think, can rob us of joy and peace. I'm not saying we should be ignorant. I'm just saying that many times uh, we get to worrying about things that maybe we wouldn't ever even need to know. But because we know it, now we're worried about it. And uh, the abundance of information can rob us of peace. Of course, a big thing that robs us of peace is conflict. Conflict with other people, right? Um, uh, dealing with conflict in our relationships steals our peace. We dwell on it a, a lot. We, uh, we, we hold on to it. We go over it in our head. We, we uh, plan our attacks, so to speak, all those things. Um, maybe you heard about the guy who, uh, who had spent three and a half hours in line at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles getting his car tags and, and uh, wasn't exactly happy about it. Uh, on his way home then, he stopped in at the toy store because his son's birthday was coming up and he, he bought a baseball bat and uh, he, he picked one out and went up to the register and, and the, the lady up there, you know, as he's starting his, uh, his transaction, she says, uh, paper or plastic? And, and, and he says, plastic! And, and kind of rudely and grunt, and then, oh, he backs off, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit, you know, on edge, I, in the Bureau of Motor Vehicles forever and it was just, uh, and, and, and she said, oh, well, do you, do you want me to put it in a bag or are you, are you heading back there? She said, uh, she thought maybe he was, maybe he was taking the bat with him to go do something about it. Uh, sometimes we like to be mad instead of resolving things, right? But, 
But that's not healthy. Conflict causes all sorts of problems. There's physical problems, obviously, in addition to the, the relational issues that we have. You, you, you get ulcers and headaches and your blood pressure goes up. And I mean, there's just nothing peaceful about conflict. And, and, and so, much, so much of that conflict, I think, uh, can, can steal our peace. Of course, there, there's just problems in life too, right? Uh, life's problems can steal us of, uh, of peace. We get stressed and we get irritated and we get angry and we get worried. Uh, it's anything but peaceful. I, I mean, and this world is full of things that uh, you, we probably make, a, make an argument legitimate to, uh, to worry about. Uh, COVID, uh, cancer, uh, your, maybe your kids are, are making bad choices and you're worried that they're going to uh, head in the wrong direction. Uh, there's there's uh, marital issues, there's, uh, there's abuse, there's car accidents, there's online predators, there's taxes, uh, finding a job, making enough money, gas prices, the weather, inflation, all the things. Uh, so we worry and we stress out and we grind our teeth and we try to control everything that we can around us. Or maybe we live in crisis mode. We live in, uh, we, we, we want, uh, we, we want, everything is just, oh, it's this crisis and we just jump from one crisis. Or, or there, it's denial. We just ignore all those things. Well, well that's, that's not healthy either because those things are real, many of them, and, 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 uh, and we need to deal with those things. So, so how do we deal with all of that in healthy ways instead of living with anxiety and stress and fear and worry? How do we live a life of joy and peace? I mean, Paul says, rejoice, always. And then he says, maybe you didn't hear me the first time. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. He, he says, don't be anxious about anything. I don't know. Always and anything are pretty inclusive terms, right? He's not saying don't be anxious about these three things, but these things are big and we really need to worry about those. Um, uh, he doesn't say, yeah, you know, from two to four every day, those are your worry times, that's fine. Uh, for me, it's about 4 a.m., from four to 4.45, that's when the things come in and, and uh, you know, rob me of sleep and all those things. I, always and anything are, are, are pretty inclusive words. So, so is that really possible? Or is Paul just, just kind of spouting off and saying, yeah, it'd be nice to... To get these, in order to get a grasp on, on truly experiencing peace that Paul is talking about, I think we need to realize that there are maybe there's more, but there's at least three main types of peace that are referred referenced in Scripture, and uh, and they're still true in our lives. And I think Paul's talking about all of them, all three of them. But uh, the first is peace with God. For, first and foremost, God wants you to experience peace with him, have that relationship with him, not to be in conflict with God. It's the most important decision of your life without peace with God. All other peace is empty. A lot of people, yeah, yeah I need to, need to get right with God, but they, but they put it off. I, I remember on our, uh, we went on a mission trip several years, probably a, a whole lot, many more years ago than I think uh, now to, uh, to the hills of West Virginia, Southern West Virginia. And, um, we were working with uh, uh, in a community there that was uh, uh, a lot of folks dealing with poverty, and and so we were doing some work projects and some other things. and And I remember several of us were working in this rundown mobile home uh, for this twenty uh, one year old young woman uh, who who lived there with her son, and she'd had a rough upbringing. She was a single mom, certainly not following <coughs> following Jesus. Several times we tried to steer the conversation toward God and toward spiritual things. Usually she just changed the subject. And at one point she flat out told me, she said, preacher, that's what she called me, preacher. A couple of you call me that. Um, you know who, you know what? I was reminded this uh, 
a little over a week. There's one guy in the world that used to call me Reverend Ryder. And he's gone now. Dick Turp used to always call me Reverend Ryder, if you knew Dick. And, uh, and he's, uh, he's enjoying his eternal reward right now. But uh, once, once uh, Dick uh, moved on, I don't get any Reverend Riders anymore. It's all Pastor Pete. Or this, in this case, it was Preacher. Because she had something to say. She probably her voice did that too. I don't know. Preacher? She said, I can't go to church. She says, I can't go to, I'm not right with God, she said. She, she knew that much. There was some type of inner conflict within her uh, that, that she knew that there wasn't peace in that relationship with God. There was a disconnect between how she was choosing to live and what she kind of thought God probably wanted for her life. Romans 5.10 tells us that, that we are, as, uh, as, as humans and as uh, uh, people who sin, we are enemies of God. On the surface, that doesn't sound right, because we like to talk about that God is love, right? And, and God extends grace, uh, and, and it is true that God loves us and he extends his grace to everyone, but God is also at war with sin. So everyone who, who isn't living to please God uh, are objects of God's wrath, Ephesians 2.3 says. But in order to truly experience peace with God, we have to come to grips with those facts. Um, and and it's, it's not just that, that I'm a decent person and if I come to God, God will probably forgive me if I ask nice and, uh, and it, oh, it's okay. It's, it's not okay. God does certainly love you, but he hates sin and he doesn't tolerate it. That's the bad news. But the good news is in Romans 5.1, uh, it's described this way. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's wrath uh, was poured out on his son, Jesus, so you and I could be forgiven and to live at peace with him, peace with God. Colossians 1.20 says that, that, that Jesus reconciled all things to himself, quote, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. As we accept that, that gift, uh, as we confess our sin, we will experience peace with God. That's what, what, what Kyle talked to us about. As he learned and as he grew and he began to understand what Jesus has done for him, it, it got him to the place of, of a relation, <clears throat> relationship with God and, and peace with him. So there's the peace with God. And Paul's certainly talking about that. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Uh, don't be anxious about anything. Present your request to God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Part of that involves the peace that, uh, that we have with God in that relationship with him. There's also a, a peace that we can experience with, in our relationship with other people, right? Uh, God's plan for you is, is also that we'd live in peace in our relationships. Uh, Romans 14, 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Romans 12, 18, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Man, one of those inclusive words again. Every, all, always, at all times, uh, uh, Everyone. I mean, many verses talk about loving others, being, being uni- <coughs> unified, bearing with one another. It's become so common, though, to, to hold grudges, to take revenge. It, it seems impossible. It seems crazy for us to expect to be at peace with everyone. We treat our relationships a lot of times like they're disposable. I remember a story of a man who uh, was visiting a zoo and as he walked past one cage, he noticed that in the same environment, there was both a large lion, <coughs> lion and an active monkey in the same spot. And, uh, 
and he wondered, he saw one of the zoo workers standing off to the side, and so he approached him and said, well, how does that work, having both a lion and a monkey in the same cage? And the worker said, it works for the most part. Every once in a while, they don't get along. And he said, well, what happens when they don't get along? And the guy said, well, we get a new monkey. Sometimes we treat our relationships like they're disposable. I'll just just get a new friend. We'll just, just not worry about that. Matthew 5, 9, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, the, the word could be translated peace workers. This, it takes work. It's not going to just come easy. The easy part would be to, to mad, be mad and, and cause conflict and to, to walk away or, or to just leave that rift in that relationship. It, it takes work. And, and I know there's, there's nuances and issues. We could talk all day about, about uh, what it really takes to live at peace with everyone. It doesn't look the same in every relationship that we have. But, but, uh, uh, but the, the expectation is that the people of God are people of peace extending grace, seeking reconciliation, working through conflict. That's what pleases God. And so when Paul's talking about the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, he's also talking about peace that we have with other people. Uh, But then he also, I think there's a third dimension. Maybe this is the most important, I don't know. Ah, they're all important. There's the vertical dimension of peace with God and the horizontal dimension of peace with others. But, But there's also this internal dimension experiencing peace within, experiencing the peace of God. One woman once said, my therapist told me the way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. So far today, I finished two bags of chips and a chocolate cake and I feel better already. God's plan for, uh, for combating anxiety is not to dive into the snack cabinet, although maybe you've, uh, you've heard or figured out that stressed, spelled backwards, is desserts. So um, that's, that's why that works, right? God's plan for us to, to not be anxious about anything involves a few specific things that, that he lays out here in, in Philippians 4. There's a few things that he's talking about in this passage that, that lead us to that inner peace, that peace of God that settles down over us. First, we have to pray. It says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's not the, 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 the quick magic Hail Mary thrown up in desperation, but, but anxiety is alleviated when we put our problems in God's hands and trusting the results to him. Here's a, here's a nugget of truth. Maybe you need to hear this today. God is not stressed out about your problems. He's not wringing his hands wondering how it's all gonna turn out. He's got it. So we pray and we, it, it says that we thank God in advance for his intervention, even as we let him know that we need help. And it's then that we experience the peace of God. It says that it transcends all understanding. Um, it, it, another translation, far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Peace in the middle of what you're going through doesn't make sense. It's supernatural, it's from God, it's not going to make sense, but you can still experience something even if you don't understand it. I experience my cell phone and I use it all the time. I don't have, if that thing breaks, there's no way I'm gonna fix that. I don't understand how it works, but I experience it all the time. I do that in a a hundred different different ways with different things every day. We can experience something even though we don't understand it all and we can have this peace that settles down over us even when we're walking through something where anyone else would say, man, how in the world do they have peace? Well, it's supernatural. And it says that that peace will do something very specific. It says it will guard 
it's the word protect, it's a military term. And it will guard both your heart and your mind. Wrong thinking and wrong feeling really is where anxiety rests, right? We have wrong thinking and wrong feeling and we get all anxious and uptight and everything. Uh, God's peace settles down and guards against that anxiety in both our heart and our mind. Trusting, believing prayer can truly fight against anxiety. I, I, I don't, I, I, I can't make you understand this because it says we don't understand it, right? It doesn't make any sense, but that's the point. It transcends all understanding. So, so as we come into uh, to things that are causing conflict or issues in our lives, we need to pray. But another thing Paul talks about here is something else that, that I think we, we don't necessarily put into practice. In verse 8, it talks all about filtering things out or or only allowing certain things in. Filling your mind with the things of God. Things that are true and noble and, and, and all those things. What does it say? Uh, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, those are the things we need to think about. Not things that, that tear down or cause dissension or are sinful and negative. God brings his peace when we, when we filter out what draws us away from him and we fill our lives with, with all this good stuff, uh, what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely, all, all, those, all those great things. That's a filter we need to have in our lives. I mean, is, is, that, is that filter, uh, Philippians 4, 8, is that filter on your phone, how you use your phone? Is that filter on your social media accounts only what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and, and all those things? Is that filter on your Netflix account? Is that filter on your conversations and what you say, on your ears, what you listen to? The negative things that we focus our time and attention on are robbing us of joy and peace. So don't think on those things. Think on the things of God. When you filter out those things and you focus on the great stuff from God, it brings joy and peace. There are some very practical things that you could do today that could help bring peace just by getting rid of some of the things that you're allowing into your heart and into your mind. Paul says not only do we need to pray and we need to filter out all that bad stuff, but we also need to live by the truth. He says, whatever you learned or received or heard or you've seen in me, put those things into practice. Remember, these people were precious to Paul. They'd spent a lot of time together. He'd taught them many things. They, he'd, he'd shared uh, uh, amazing things about the, the good news of the gospel and how God loves them. He'd told them how that good news should, should uh, change how they live and what they should do and, and uh, all, all the things. And now he's, he's walking them through specifically what do they do when they get anxious. And he tells them that, that peace comes from living all that out not just listening to sermons, but actually doing what, what scripture says, living by the truth. Uh, always come back to the truth. I mean, it's so easy to get stressed out and anxious uh, as, and, and act out on emotion, right? But, but Paul says to live by the facts, not just what we're feeling. Again, it's, it's the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is just a feeling. It's dependent on what's going on out here. Joy is deep-seated from God, and the same is true with the peace of God. Doesn't it can still happen even if everything's in turmoil on the surface. We have to live by the facts, not just what we're feeling. Uh, 
what are the facts? Maybe, maybe when you're uh, walking through a, a time of worry, uh, maybe you need to rehearse the facts in your mind. Oh, wait, I don't have to be anxious. Why? Because God loves me. Because Jesus died for me. Because my sins are forgiven. Because I have the hope of heaven. That, uh, because uh, scripture tells me that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Uh, over and over and over again. There's great peace living a life that is grounded in truth. Not in the shifting sands of how we're feeling. I think I've told you before. One thing that's, that's really common today uh, is for people to use the term. Oh, I feel like it's da 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 da. And my initial response is, well, I don't care what you feel about it. What, what do you think about it? What are the facts about it? Uh, it's not just, oh, I feel like maybe we should. Well, there's, there's a lot more uh, sturdy stuff we can build our, build our decision on more than what you're feeling about the situation. We've got to live by the truth. If you feel yourself being swayed by the things around you and allowing those, those things to rob you of joy and peace, remind yourself of the truths of God. Well, there's, um, there's a lot there. Thanks for hanging with my voice today. There's one last thing that I want us to take notice of in this whole passage. I, after you pray and you filter out the bad stuff and you start living by the truth of God, verse 9 says that you won't just experience the peace of God. You'll have the God of peace. You see the difference? It's, it's not just that your character improves and you learn some coping skills for dealing with stressful situations and, and you start avoiding negative thoughts and you worry a little less. I mean, that's fine, but it only goes so far. It is God who is peace, who brings peace. He will be with you. Maybe the, the most important four words in this whole passage are in verse five. It says, the Lord is near. I mean, are there really any more beautiful and appropriate words for our lives today? No matter what we're walking through, no matter what you're facing in your, in your, your home, no matter what you're facing at work or at school or, or just in life in general, the Lord is near. In times of trouble, the Lord is near. In times of stress, the Lord is near. In times of confusion, the Lord is near. In times of anxiety and worry, he's still there. The Lord is near. You know, he... He might not take away all of the problems or, or fix things the, the way you think he should right away. It might still be really hard. But as, as we do the things that Paul talks about here, we can have peace through it all because it's not just the peace of God that we're after. It's the God of peace. He is near. His presence can be with you. And so... We can come back to that first line that Paul says here. We can rejoice. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Uh, Paul Paul said it twice. Maybe I can too. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Why? How? How in the world can we? Well, all of these things, as we put these things in our lives, uh, ultimately the bottom line, how in the world? Well, it's because the God of peace is with you, because the Lord is near. And so we can face the things. It's, it, even when it seems more natural to be anxious, we can, we can face the things that, that come our way. I've, I've quoted it many times, and I'll probably do it a hundred times before I die, but Oswald Chambers' perspective on worry is, is, I think, classic and perfect and gets right to the point. He says, all worry is simply calculating without God. 
When we put God into the calculation, all of a sudden, we don't have to worry because we have the God of peace who is with us. So rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Father God, we thank you for the the gift of joy and peace that you can bring to our lives. Lord, I pray that, that you would help us to do the very practical things that we need to do that are our part of experiencing your joy and peace, seeking after the supernatural things that only you can do, ultimately that you are with us and we need to live like it. Lord, I pray that as we, as we go from this place today, that, that truly, truly your face would shine upon us and that you would bring us your joy and your peace. And it would be evident in the relationships that we have in everyone that we come in contact with that there's something different, there's something unique because we have the God of peace living with us. Lord, I I thank you for the way that you are leading the way in our lives. I pray that you would guide and direct our steps. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.